0: Through Sam or through any of these companies, if we impact, you know, 1,000 children and one of those children is successful, the exponential growth of continuing that on can just grow enormous. And and, and it it changes our entire aspect of, of our culture and it changes who we are tomorrow. It changes who we'll be generations from now.
1: Welcome to the Joint STEM Initiative podcast, produced by Queen City Robotics Alliance. Now, here's your host, Kaiwen Chen.
2: Hope you have heard our episode eight about Sim. This time, my guests are Elizabeth Austin and Chris Johnson to talk about the other part of Sim, STEM, the Sim STEM. STEM. S I N SIM stands for Society for Information Management, and we have a very successful chapter here in Charlotte. In this episode, we will focus on their activity on promoting STEM. You will get to know what they do and their focus relates to STEM. Remember to subscribe to our podcast for our next episode where we will cover more intimate details on their personal view on this community engagement and their career.
3: Hello, I'm Elizabeth Austin. And at this point, I am retired uh, from a career perspective. I retired in February from Curvature. For, from a sim perspective, I am a founding board member from the 2009 timeframe and also a past president. Uh, and for the last several years, uh, I've been doing the STEM outreach, and uh, engaged Chris Johnson to join me about a year ago, uh, as I was anticipating my own transition. So, um, happy to be here.
0: Hi, my name is Chris Johnson, and uh, I've been a member of SIM for um, about three or four years now. As Elizabeth said, uh, joined her about a year ago, um, partnering. Uh, with the um, STEM community outreach work. I'm currently the Director of Cybersecurity at 3D Systems, which is a manufacturing of 3D printing company in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And prior to 3D Systems, I was at Curvature for five years as the Director of um, IT Risk Management. And then spent um, 17 years in many different roles um, at Food Lion. And my last role was in IT as well.
3: SIM or Society of Information Management, is a national organization of about 5,000 members, uh, traditionally IT leadership roles, uh, as well as supporting partners from the uh, IT vendor community uh, who function both as sponsors as well as um, members. Um, the purpose of STEM within SIM. A lot of acronyms there, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, The purpose of our outreach focus both locally as well as nationally uh, is for the, ultimately to help generate IT talent. Uh, Every job that we know, whether it be fast food, all the way up through the most technical Uh, manufacturing or um, software development requires some type of technology skill. And so the future, uh, we've known for the last 15, 20 years that the future depends on having ample supply of technology talent. And so from a national as well as a Charlotte chapter perspective, we're focused on STEM outreach to start with K through 12 programs, support things like summer camps that are STEM oriented, uh, provide scholarships uh, in the community college and university level, all the way through adult training uh, because there's many different avenues by which we can generate IT talent. Uh, And so we have to be very diligent uh, in that process uh, so that we ensure that we've got the right level of talent. And from a Charlotte community perspective, Uh, you know, it's our goal to help provide uh, the type of technology talent that our business communities and nonprofits
2: require. Chris, you want to
0: add on? Uh, Sure. I would just add on, you know, um, we live in an ever-changing world. It's changing constantly. And um, STEM programs are crucial to the continued growth and advancement of our future leaders. And, you know, the Charlotte chapter of STEM really prides itself on, on helping to drive and support STEM camps, scholarships, uh, educational support for a large number of, of outreach programs. Um, you know, the past year, we've learned how to navigate through this pandemic. Um, and you know we've, we've each learned how to adjust into this brave new world. Uh, and STEM orga- organizations have had to adjust as well. And I think it's great that Charlotte Sim can continue to uh, support these companies as they're learning their new normal, just as we're learning our new normal as well. Uh, so I can talk briefly about um, the, the three focus areas that that we look at from a, uh, a sponsor or a, or a donation recipient perspective. So one of those is is, scholar, is educational scholarships. The second is uh, stem camps or steam camps. And the third is really adult education. Now there's other things that that kind of uh, May not fall in one of those three areas, but those are really three uh, primary areas. So we, we've done a lot with uh, donating um, raising funds to donate money for scholarships through UNCC through Winthrop University uh, CPCC a few others. Um, we've done a lot with uh, STEM, STEM camps, education camps, YMCA, um, and others, uh, Queen City Robotics, and then adult education programs, kind of like um, the Google, Google University, uh, as well as a few others. Um, and I know that um, over the past 10 years, since Elizabeth kind of started the STEM, uh, started the, the STEM chapter here in, in Charlotte, or was the president, and then became involved in, in STEM, um, over the past 10 years, Charlotte Sim has donated nearly $600,000 in support for local community outreach programs. And of that $600,000, in the five years, past five years alone, SAM um, has donated $200,000 in, into um, STEM camps, $180,000 into college scholarships, and then over $100,000 into adult education. In addition to that, um, we also sometimes get involved with volunteer efforts you know, with some of the STEM camps, STEAM camp sessions attending career fairs, partnering with some of our recipients on various efforts. Um, So while there's three areas of of focus from a a technological perspective, you know, there's also three things that that kind of is is kind of our driving factors as well. And it's really about inspiration, motivation and education. So how can we inspire people? How
2: can we motivate people? How can we educate people in the STEM community? Wow over $200,000 donation to STEM education and STEM camp on top of $180,000 scholarship. It is a significant donation to students for a professional society. Elizabeth follow up and explained there's an equal amount of focus from SIM to help student and adult, despite the amount of donation my sense different. There are reasons to support these actions because we would have a bigger impact by investing early. Many of these technical skills require a solid foundation on learning during young ages. Here's how she helped us to understand their reasoning.
3: If we don't help support interest and awareness of technology, and we don't start early, particularly with the young women, If we don't start early and then have programs that will retain, you know, when they're in, let's say, K through fifth, it's fairly easy to, you know, support their educational requirements um, because things are more directed. As they move into middle school or into high school, they have a lot more options, including some options that are not good for them nor good for society. Uh, And so to have strong programs that not only help teach, but also maintain that enthusiasm and maintain that awareness, that's, you know, so I think there's a cultural value uh, to making sure that, you know, they're, they're performing well in society. But there's also an aspect that you're not gonna get them into the college and university programs or the community college programs if they don't have some level of understanding and foundation. You know, I've worked when we didn't have laptops and we didn't have Wi-Fi and we didn't do things from home. Uh, And, you know, so part of what we need to teach are conceptual, you know, and, and creative thinking, intellectual curiosity. I don't think we can teach intellectual curiosity, but we certainly can identify it and help foster it. Uh, And most everything we do in life, the fact that we're able to be be on this call today is due to technology. And so it's not so important as to which field or which aspect somebody is being trained in, but the fact that they're being trained conceptually to think uh, all too often, we have to be very good at troubleshooting, you know, because it's great when it works, but there are those times when it doesn't work. And so that ability to think through how to, you know, why something not working, what's changed, you know, so concepts like change management, concepts of, um, you know, just critical thinking in general uh, is, you know, really kind of what we're trying to support uh, and foster.
2: How about adult education?
3: And then, you know, you look at some of the adult education, you know, that's become, you know, in in today's economy, um, and we'll probably see more as we come post-COVID, you know, folks, jobs are changing, companies are consolidating and so forth. And so folks need to have an opportunity if their particular industry is no longer hiring and employing then they need to have an opportunity to retool and move into an area where there is a lot of demand. And so when we look at like Goodwill or we look at TechWorks of Gaston, you know, they're specializing in helping folks come into those new skill sets so that they can find new employment and being very successful with that. So, yes, we we focus a lot on K through 12. But we also try to go through the, t- the timeline of a uh, tech worker, and help provide programs to support that. Um, there are actually a number of great programs in both nonprofit as well as for profit that are helping folks. They ma- if they made the non-employable major choice in school, or you know, quite frankly, they realized that what they chose. Uh, isn't where their passion is, or perhaps isn't where their, their natural talent is. So companies like Tech Talent South is a for-profit company headquartered here. However, o- over time, they've partnered with folks like Goodwill and, and other groups uh, to provide that non-profit training program. They get involved with sponsorships from companies who are actively seeking technology workers. And in a lot of cases, students are able to go on a call it a fully funded sponsorship for their training and also have an opportunity for internship and ultimately employment with the companies who are, you know, actively seeking technology workers. So there's a a lot of avenues. There's also a couple of groups that we hadn't talked about. Uh, Red Ventures has a nonprofit called Road to Hire, and they specialize uh, in working with CMS, High school graduates that don't have college as an opportunity, but have great skill set or interest in moving into technology roles. And so they provide training and then ultimately they're, you know, working with not only with Red Ventures, but also Novant and Bank of America and some of the other large employers in town to help generate some of that needed uh, technology workspace. there's another group called Creating IT Futures that's part of CompTIA. Uh, it's the nonprofit uh, branch of CompTIA and, th- and they specialize in the same thing uh, and there's you know many more examples that uh, kind of fall into that you know maybe it's a recruiting company with a nonprofit affiliation doing the same type of thing. Uh, so there, there's lots of different avenues you know depending on, where a student, you know, to Chris's point in his personal story, you know, college tuition was not an opportunity being afforded him. So he had to take a non traditional route, you know, involving working, being able to pay for it, hopefully getting uh, scholarships due to his ability. And so, you know, it's, it's important that we help folks understand all the different kinds of avenues that are available. There's not just one path, you know. And, you know, if I look at my own story, there weren't STEM camps or STEAM camps when I was growing up. And my college degree was in business. But I came into the workplace in the late 70s at a time when commercial business applications were just being released. And so they, need people who, they needed people who understood the, the business or the transactional side of things, Technology is all brand new. They're going to have to teach it to folks anyway. Depending on where you're coming into the, the, the workplace, you know, the factors are always going to be different, but there's lots of opportunities and lots of ways to, uh, to move into it. You know, the, the key things that I think any of the programs that we try to sponsor have are they are supporting intellectual curiosity. They're supporting creative thinking and they're supporting developing passions in folks, and quite frankly, you know, the other thing is helping students understand that there's lots of different job opportunities. You know, it's not just that you can go, you know, have to go be a developer. You know, I I went through enough college programming classes to know that development was not going to be my chosen path, but they needed folks who understood and did application implementations. They needed you know, so I spent my, my life uh, early on doing ERP implementations. And so being at, you know, let's call it the front end of the screen, not the back end, either from an engineering infrastructure or from a uh, development perspective. So there, there's lots of different avenues uh, to pursue. So it's, you know, helping students understand that there, there are more than one kind of job opportunity
2: in technology. SIM also engaged in many programs that help students advance including the non-traditional students. In some cases, if you can, you may want to consider volunteering with this program to help even more students.
3: For the last 10 years, we've been helping to support from an educational perspective, nonprofit that are oriented to either the K through 12 type programs, the STEM camps, the education, any of the scholarships that we have in place Endowed scholarships typically. One of the factors that we put in there is that we want the student to be from the Charlotte region. Part of that logic is, uh, you know, if I'm, if a student's attending, you know, Johnson C. Smith or UNCC or CPCC Winthrop, you know, any of the ones that we've uh, established scholarships with at this point, the likelihood of them staying in the local area is much better than if a student from You know, the Northeast, for example. The other one of the other programs that we've had the opportunity to uh, create a scholarship for most recently uh, involves a program that uh, CPCC, Central Piedmont Community College, and UNCC with the CCI program have developed, uh, and it's called the 49er Bridge. So those folks um, who perhaps coming out of uh, high school, their best opportunity for education is to start in the community college environment. There's now a, a program so that, are we, there's scholarships available so that if, as they're graduating their associate program or their college transfer program at, at CPCC, there's a scholarship opportunity that bridges them over into UNCC.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So helping to create their know I didn't make a short-term decision but the opportunity for a longer term in terms of their educational opportunity um, you know the the community colleges have great programs Uh, and you know they're helping both with those students who have the opportunity to be college destined as well as you know we talked earlier about adults who had um, you know or students who had you know created a major that was not associated with technology and realized that, you know, there's some great opportunities for them career-wise or interest-wise in pursuing technology. So they've done a lot with their computer institute group to create those, you know, either non-traditional students learning technology or providing an alternative path uh, for those students who realize that they may have, you know, miscalculated in terms of what they you know, the philosophy major who understands that now that there's not really a whole lot of uh, opportunities uh, in that career field um, if they don't want to go into teaching or some of the, you know, longer term, uh, but just coming out with an undergrad, that they're probably going to be your barista uh, at this point, unless they get additional training. Uh, and they, you know, create other opportunities. And when you think about the foundation of learning being that creative thinking process, that intellectual curiosity, whatever your major was, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer that college is about, is providing a curing opportunity, curing like you might cure, uh, a, you know, meat for you know later eating. Uh, it's, um you know, you, you learn, you learn thinking, you learn, uh, hopefully longer term, uh, planning and consideration, uh, than immediate gratification. Uh, you know, it's really about an opportunity to mature in life and expand your horizons. Uh, and if you end up with a great degree and great career opportunities, excellent. Um, some of them may not have made the you know, the most, um, oh, you know, perhaps the best employment decisions relative to their major. And, uh, you know, it's about helping them figure that out too. We also have several of our groups, uh, the nonprofits, uh, for example, App University and Innovate Tech Charlotte that are also providing an additional dimension. They're, They're focusing on helping to support underrepresented communities and the, the kids in those communities and providing them an alternative to going out and being on the street corner. And so when we look at things, you know, there, there's a, an aspect to, you know, that just general community improvement and helping create opportunity for somebody to have a good alternative for their life choices uh, and that's, that's another important aspect of, of what uh, th- th- this helps do with some of the different programs that we have.
0: I would think that if, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a young person who's trying to figure out where you need to go in life, or you think that there's no path for you, there are literally thousands of different paths for you. You just have to find the one that works for you. And STEM education can really help you on the technology side to, to get there. There is a great future in tomorrow. If you're listening to this and you're um, someone who's able to support STEM through either financially or through volunteer efforts, know that the work that you put in today could yield exponential growth for the leaders of tomorrow. And I think we all have a, have a share of responsibility in, in fostering tomorrow.
3: I'd just like to say that as I am stepping into retirement and subsequently stepping off of a lot of my nonprofit engagement, uh, at least here in the Charlotte area, um, I am forever grateful for all of the folks that I met through, not only SIM uh, in the Charlotte chapter, but also the various STEM organizations. Uh, It's been my pleasure to, Get to know the folks, uh, to have the opportunity to through the chapter make some impact, uh, and help their organizations uh, to flourish. Hopefully, uh, and I wish the chapter, the community, uh, and all the nonprofit uh, organizations the best of luck in the future. I think we've, I think we're on to a really great thing. So, thank you.
2: We talk a lot about what SIM is doing with sustain in this one. You may want to check out the past episode, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, on the benefits of joining SIM and the near-network opportunities. But listening to this interview makes me think about what leadership is about again. The most effective leadership comes when the leaders care much about the cause. Sim has done a lot about Stan, and I believe it is really because they care. May I suggest you watch out for our next episode where we capture the personal side of the story from this interview? You probably would be as motivated as I am and wanting to do more for the community that we all shared. We also want to use this special opportunity to recognize Elizabeth for creating these opportunities and give her the best wishes of a happy retirement. That's all for this episode. Remember to check out our other stories and keep promoting STEM.
1: This podcast is produced by Queen City Robotics Alliance with the support of Charlotte Area STEM Societies. Queen City Robotics Alliance, also known as QCRA, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, whose mission is to nurture the future workforce by providing practical, hands-on STEM experiences for area youth. QCRA is home for several high school and middle school robotics teams, where students learn how to run their team like running a business. Together, students develop outreach programs to spread STEM knowledge and training to encourage kids from all backgrounds to discover how to reach their full potential in STEM fields. QCRA is sustained by volunteers and sponsors like you. We invite you to join us to help build a better future for all children in our community. Visit our website at queencityrobotics.org to learn more.